we're going to talk about something very specific. It's very targeted, and it's going to touch your life. It may have already touched your life. And I said the words I heard myself saying, and it is coming, and it is coming. And for the past month now, the Lord has been saying, it's coming, it's coming. And, and I'm in my prayer time, in the mornings or throughout the day, I'm saying, okay, Lord, here's that group of words, it's coming, it's coming. But in order to know what's coming, there has to be an understanding of what is coming and what God is expecting for, from his people in order to know what is coming. See, God, God is, we, we've grown too accustomed to God doing things without knowing what, the purpose and what that everything was supposed to be, is supposed to be for a bigger purpose. But we are such a selfish people that we think it's about just me. And it's not about me, it's about the body of Christ because something is coming that is going to affect the body of Christ. Romans chapter 14, verse 9, we're going to just right there, we're just going to, we're going to park there just for a minute, because the, 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 the title of this was, uh, is the mandate of the fire of God. And those of you that know what a mandate is, the mandate is, oh, uh, it is, it's, it, it's, it's done, it's it, no, no time for change, it's a mandate, it's, it's coming, it's set, it, it's in motion, it's coming. No matter what you do, no matter how you complain, no matter how you look at it, if you want to change it, you want to change its definition, too bad, too late, it's a mandate about the fire of God. And it's bringing with it something that we have only seen a few times before. Spoke about this a little bit last week, but here is the full explanation of it. Romans 14.9 says, for Christ died in capital letters, and he lived again. For this reason, that he might be, capital letters, Lord of both, the capital letters, dead, and the living, capital letters. What is he talking about? Hidden in these words, hidden in the words of, of, of Paul himself, inspired by the Holy Spirit, what he's talking about is revival. He's talking about something that a lot of people talk about in the body of Christ. But it's so canned and it's so nicely packaged with a lot of work and a lot of celebration that it's just become another word. And we've looked at it so much that we forgot that it, it just can't come by itself. You can pray for revival all you want. But what you should be doing is praying for something else. And I'm going to show you what that is, but or tell you what that is. What is revival? Revival in the Greek means something that has come to life. And the operative word is again or to recover the life that was lost. So the expectation of God in revival is to recover what he started, but somewhere along the line, it pooped out. Somewhere along the line, it fizzled out because we, we as people got a little too busy, and we got so busy that we didn't realize 
that revival needs to come with something. There is a predecessor to revival. We don't just revive ourselves by dancing around in circles. The prophets of the prophets, the 400 prophets of Jezebel tried doing that. And they, they worked themselves up into a frenzy and nothing came. Their God was dead. Nothing would come because their God was dead. But but hidden within that, God is saying, no, it's it's just in order for it to be real. In order for it to have a life impacting, it's got to be impactful. It's got to be, it, it can't be man-made. It can never be man-made. And the Lord said, understand this, Romans 14.9. He said, the intent has always been life. It started out alive. And it started out alive with purpose. But then it died. The season came and we got distracted. We looked away. Maybe it was a season of plenty. And we stopped praying so fervently. We stopped fasting. We stopped laying on our faces before the Lord. The fear of the Lord left very quietly out the back door. But the death that God is speaking of here can be characterized by either a quick death or a slow death, spiritual death, either quick or slow. But the purpose never died. The purpose was God's instilled. He gave us that purpose. It was just us. We died. We slow down. The action within us died. And the Holy Spirit said, then something needs to change. Your understanding needs to change. We spoke about a revival that's coming that's going to hit the center, the, the Midwest area, somewhere there in the United States. Well, Pastor Rick, how do you know this? Because it only spent, I only needed five minutes to go there and to visit and walk around and see. It's, it's not without its problems, but it's a land that has not forgotten God. And revival, if a revival is to come, it's not to a people that are looking for God. That time is come and gone. We're, we should be, yes, we, we look for God, but we're, we're looking for God more and more. We're looking for, now we're, we're, in, we're in the increments of God more. But in the land, there's scripture that's written all over the place. It's on the walls, it's on the floor, it's on the, on the utensils, it's on napkins, it's on paper cups, it's on plates, it's everywhere. But there's a hunger that goes along with revival. There's a hunger that's necessary to go with revival, but... Man has to be hungry for it to come. I'm talking, you know, I'm not talking about Azusa Street. I'm not talking about any, any of the things that happened in the past. The Lord is very clear about this. This is going to be something, the likes that man has never seen before. Because if we've seen it before, it's not revival, and we'll treat it the same way as we did before. 
This is going to be fresh. This is going to be vibrant. This is going to be connected to the supernatural. This is going to be divine. This is going to be kingly, holy, and, and, and awesome. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For the high and exalted, one who has, uh, one who inhibits, inhabits eternity, whose name is holy and says this, I dwell on the high and holy place, but also with the contrite and with the humble in spirit. The word continues, in order to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite, there's a purpose. There's a purpose. It ain't just, it's not just a band getting up on, on a stage. It's not hearing the best speakers in the world. In the Amplified, it says, to overcome, to overcome everything, to, over, to, to be an overcomer in the things of God, here it is, uh, with sorrow. Uh, in other words, when you leave behind, you gladly leave behind the things that are attached to the world, the things that are attached. There is a sorrow that's kind of left behind with that because it's the old man who says, oh, I wish I could still do that, but no, I want to do the things of God. There's a thing about giving up something and then kind of just harboring it. I, I'm not giving it up all the way, but I'm, I, I'm, I, I want to serve God. No, this is the season of the beginning. The beginning of the end of the old man, this is it. There's no more messing around. There's no more playing around. The Holy Spirit is saying to us right now, if you want the, the, the revival of God to come to your land, you're going to have to live life a certain way with a certain expectation because revival is not going to come without the fire of God. The fire of God leads revival. People don't lead revival. People can get tired of, of revival because we schedule little things here and there, and their revival events. We call it revival, but without the fire of God, it's nothing. We need and expect the fire of God to come. Because in the wake of the fire of God, the, the word doesn't even have to be preached yet, and the fire comes in and people are healed just like that. The fire of God precedes everything and then what ensues later on what happens later on is a revival of the people uh, of the spirits of the people that have died during the course of their of their daily lives i'm not saying the people are bad no i'm not saying that i'm not saying you're bad i'm not saying anything like that what i'm saying is you're in the world we are in a fallen world and this world is aimed at taking our eyes off revival, taking our eyes off the fire of God. I'm too busy in my life to see the things that I need to see that are predecessors. They're precursors to God himself among us. God has never been, has never not been here. We've always been there. We've always been at another place. But God is saying, I want you here in my midst. And I want 
I want to bring with me, and I, I, I'm, I'm bringing it. The, the fire is so great, so all-consuming, so precious, that it will change everything it touches, that it will heal everyone that crosses its path, and it will fulfill the lives of my children to do what they have been called to do. It's not about a ministry that's too, that's too tiny. God doesn't think tiny. It's not about even a calling. It's not about the fivefold. What, what this is about is about you, me, connecting to the Spirit of God so wonderfully, leaving the things of the world behind, so that we can, as a body, non-denominationally, affect change in the world that is on the brink of destruction. Oh, it's always been on the brink of destruction. No, not like this. We're seeing the things that are the signs of the end of times. And we need to know, what, what are we going to do? How are we part of this? Well, we are the biggest part of this. We're the ones that the world will come to when it's falling apart. The fire is a validation to an impending Revival. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, little portion, for our God indeed is a consuming fire. When the fire is present, God is present. And the people are revived to a, to a degree that nothing can stop. Nothing can stop the work of God. Nothing can stop. People can say whatever you want. The world can say whatever you want. It'll try to stop you in every direction it can. But I'm here to tell you, if God is a consuming fire, he is going to surround you in this time. He is going to protect you in this time. He wants to promote you in this time so that you can do greater things, not lesser things. Not lesser things. But it's a validation. The fire of God is a validation to his people that he is coming. And that fire, when it touches at ground zero, don't know where it's gonna where it's gonna hit. Could be in the middle of a cornfield. Could be in a soybean field. But I'm going to tell you, it is going to change our belief system, our faith development system to a degree that we never thought possible. The Holy Spirit said also, when the fire arrives, there is an expectation 
from God that it will purify us. Refiner's fire. Malachi chapter 3, verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? I have to stop there because when when the Lord gave me that scripture as reference, he, after he, I, I, I wrote down here, uh, who can stand when he appears? Um, and he said, many. Many will stand in the face of God because they have no fear of God. So they think that they're all that and the bag of chips. But they're going to find out when he does appear that they should be on their face in awe. But they won't. And the Bible continues, says, For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap, which removes impurities and uncleanness. Because we're dirty. We're living in this world. He has given us a chance to go to the cross and become, become clean again. But as soon as we step out in the world, we, we're going through all this stuff every single day. But he is reminding us that he is that, that refiner's fire. He's sending that fire so that we can be as holy as we can be in these flesh suits, which is why we call our walk sanctified, because we're on a walk every single day dealing with the things to become strengthened. Why? Because God wants us part of this revival. And we can't be a part of the revival if we're as bad as the world. If we sound like the world, let's go right back. That means we've avoided the refiner's fire and the launderer. So please, douse me in your Holy Spirit laundering soap so that I can get out of this place as clean and into your presence as possible. If the fire does not purify us, it is not of God. There will be a lot of false fires out there. Ask, um, what is it, uh, ah, Ahab and uh, Abinadab, or the, 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 two, the, the two young men who were charged with keeping the fires uh, holy and, and lit, and they went out and they brought some suspect fire from the world that was not of God, and boom, they dropped dead. The fire must, must purify us, and there's a lot of unholy fires out there right now. And please, stay away from the theology or from the perspective that says, okay, God, uh, uh, bring these bring these trials onto me. I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to do what I, you know, my faith will grow through these trials. No, God ain't going to do that to you. God's not going to bring something that's going to slow you down so that you'll be a wreck. God's not in, in, in the business of tearing down. He's in the business of building up. Right where you are, he'll build you up. He ain't taking you back down to Gerber level. He's, he's going to take you the way you are right now, and he is going to lift you up. And today we were talking, I was talking with Pastor Maria. And one of the things that we, we just came up with, and it was this notion of 
the inability to submit, the inability to be obedient. Two very, very tough things to struggle. That man struggles. He's always struggled with this. Look, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. I Don't tell me what to do. Well, then that means you see me as a man, and you're not hearing the word of God. That's problem number one. Because if you can't submit to man, you're never going to be able to submit to God. It's a characteristic. You just have to learn how to submit. I'm not saying, and, and if you submit to man, then because you're seeking the things of God, you've already developed those things, those spiritual things that are necessary, and one of them is called discernment. So we will know that when we are discerned, maybe I shouldn't be here right now because I should be focusing on the fire of God. If I'm, if I'm at a place that I'm not supposed to be at, I'm not going to see the fire of God when it lands. Then the Holy Spirit took me to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. He said, the fire that I bring will bring more fire. It's a never-ending fire. It's an inexhaustible fire. So if you're, if you're saying to yourself, well, I'm tired of ministry. There's so many things, you know, I'm really just tired of ministry. I feel like retiring from ministry. I preach everything that can possibly be preached in ministry. I've gone to different lands and I prayed for all the people and there are no more prayers in me. Then that means you've never been touched by the fire of God. Because you should be un, unextinguishable. You, you should be in, unexhaustible. There's no such thing as retirement from the kingdom of God. Once you're a preacher, once you're a pastor, once you are fivefold, you are that for life. There is no retirement. If you're looking at that, then you're looking at the wrong place, and you've never been touched by the fire of God. You're looking for the things of man. The Bible says, so the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace without persecution. But but being built up, built question mark or capital letters in wisdom and virtue and faith and walking capitalized in fear of the Lord and comfort capitalized and encouragement capitalized of the Holy Spirit, it continued to grow. You want to know why the, the body of Christ is has kind of kind of stagnated? Because there are certain places that are saying, okay, well, the Holy Spirit is gone now. Holy Spirit, not here anymore, but, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're going to stay here and we're, we're going to do the best that we can. Revival can't come to your church if the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, without his presence. You need to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the Spirit of Jesus Christ. 
You can't celebrate the re, the resurrection of Jesus the Christ and not celebrate the celebrate the arrival of the Holy Spirit. So no revival without the Holy Spirit. The nature of God's fire is to grow and reproduce rapidly. There isn't there isn't oh we we've uh, you know, we've been, we can't, well, we've been, in, we're trying to uh, be in revival. I think we're trying to, hold it. no, you might as well get rid of your, whatever, your Apple phone, because you're not going to be able to predict when the fire is going to arrive. This is the pattern of God and the way that he moves and consumes his own people, city and region and even a nation, is the fire creates more fire. We don't, we don't experience a revival when the fire of God arrives. There's no such thing as experiencing a, a, a revival, and then it poops out. That's because man has pooped out, but the fire of God is still there. It's there to change the lives of people. It's there to bring the, the people that are in, in addiction down to their knees before the cross. It's to bring the sinners into the family of God so that we can go out and what? Great commission. Make disciples of all men. You know, so in, I've said this before. And right now, the Holy Spirit just saying, like, press, press on that point. You know, there's nothing more critical in our faith than two points. These just these two things. We need stellar and outstanding faith to go through the whole thing, the, the many things that we go through. So we, we need the faith, uh, obviously, in believing in God. So, but faith is very important. But there is nothing more important than the Great Commission. The, 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 the body won't grow without the Great Commission. The churches will stay at the churches. But without the Great Commission, without going out, without baptizing them, without speaking of Jesus, without going into the nations, you will not make disciples. And to all the churches out there that are making disciples and saying, oh, you know, you, you can't be like me. You've got to put 10 years under your belt. You have to be five years of preaching. You've got to be two years of that and one year of that. You see behind me the wall here? All those certificates I have as senior pastor, this is what you need in order to get up here, and that's, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The Great Commission, Jesus never said anything about that. In fact, he said the complete opposite. He was talking to his disciples that had followed him and he was and they were had learned from him. And now he's saying to them, look, you've learned enough from me. Go in, go in the world and make another me out of you. It doesn't, it doesn't take years. 
if you're on fire for the Lord, it, it could be now. If I, I'm not saying you don't have to study, because you know what? I, I remember one person said, because we have a discipleship program in, in the ministry, and somebody said to me, well, once I, I put in my time and I do all my lessons, will I be a pastor and I'll be able to? I said, yeah, sure. He goes, and that's it. I don't have to do any more. I said, no, that's not it. You will have to study yourself approved. In other words, you will always be in the word of God. There is no vacation. There, there, no, you, you can't have uh, uh, go on vacation and expect a revival. Revival comes because of the fire of God within you within the body of Christ, so that we can go out into the world. Revival, again, is not just jumping around saying, hallelujah, brother, I just experienced the fire of God. No, shame on us if that's all we, all we take away from that. One more scripture to close. But I think, I think this sums it up. Okay, now I'm getting this. Ministries are going to be expanded. We can cover it by the word of activation. Well, I've already been activated. No, you've been activated for a level. You want to be activated to another level of more. If not, then you're happy where you're at. So don't expect anymore unless you're expecting an activation to a greater level. Here's part of revival, but I'm kind of going off on the side here. So expect what you have now to be expanded going forward. Expect the talent that you have now, which you've dedicated to God, expect more and unusual and astonishing productions in the future. This is too small. I'm speaking specifically here, um, both of you here. So, You're thinking too small. There's, there's a bigger, there's a bigger thing at stake. I can't tell you what it is, but I think you know in your hearts what it is. Um, because you've affected the people that you need to affect in this season, but the Lord is saying to you, I'm activating you to a higher level. Your preaching is going to change, and your painting is going to change. What you have now is just the catalyst, was just the beginning. But this is what we're talking about. And I'm going to show you an example right now um, of this. It's, uh, it's all about activating to a higher level, expecting a higher level. If you're happy where you're at, you will stay where you're at. 
If you're not happy where you're at, not to the point of dissatisfaction, but to the point of, I want more, God, is this all I have? Then he will respond because he's proven us he is a God of more, not a God of less, and he's not a God of what you have is okay. Okay, so Karen, I just have to say this. So you you are like the woman that I'm going to talk about right now. And the woman that I'm going to talk about left something behind that was very critical, very important to her life and to the su su sustaining sustainability of whether she had family, we never know she had, if she had family at home, but she left something behind that was attached to this fire of God. And this is, you're likened like her. So all, all you've gone through, all you going through was, was there was a purpose. And that purpose was to strengthen your ability to see the things that have no effect on the natural world, because you you realize there's a the greater there's a greater thing there's a greater picture there's a greater there's a greater landscape spiritual landscape to look at, and most people will say I I don't want to you know I'm really okay with the way I have I'll I'll go through these things. But I, I really don't want any more on my plate. And you, your plate got bigger, your plate got bigger, your plate got bigger. And yet you left and you left and you left and you left. And so revival is following you. So where you go, you are planting a seed of a revival. The story that I'm going to reference right now is in John chapter 4, verses 27 through 30. It's a longer story. It's the story of the, of the woman that went to the well. Uh, she met Jesus. But we have to stand back a little bit and we look at what she did. The, the Bible says that she came from a far-off land, and she came at a time when other people had not come. And that tells us this lady has, has some things going on that she, was, that she was hiding. We don't know what that was, but that was abnormal for her. But something, something prompted her to go that day, and that was the fire of God. Because when you put God in the mix, you, I, I, I mean, you, you have to expect something is going to happen. She couldn't be because, you know, she was a, a, a um, she wasn't worthy that she saw herself as not being worthy uh, to speak uh, to Jesus. But then the scripture says, just then his disciples came. And they were surprised to find him talking with a woman because that wasn't normal. It was really strange for Jesus or for a man to be talking to a woman by themselves. 
However, no one said, quote, what are you asking about? Or why are you talking to her? Interesting. No one said, but yet we're reading about two questions that were asked without words. I was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows our thoughts. But it's important for us to know that these two questions were attached to the fire of God. And I'll show you. Then the woman did something very uncharacteristic. The Bible says she left her water pot. She left the very means that she knew. She left the very means that she was comfortable with. Because something she didn't know. But something was coming that was so great and so divine and so inexplainable, she leaves her water pot. And she went into a nearby city. Now, I remind you, this is a woman that just finished having a really fantastic discussion with Jesus. Him telling her things that she didn't know him. But it excited something. It birthed within her something that was connected to the fire of God. She went into the city and said here, and then she began telling the people, come. She told the people, come and see the man who told me the things, all the things that I have done. That wasn't the point. We, sometimes we just focus and say, wow, Jesus told her a bunch of stuff and he got her all excited. No, he, what had happened was she had a conversation with the son of God. And in that conversation, if we're thinking the fire of God are going to be little flames in the corner of a room, they might be. If they're going to be lit on the floor and fire and people shaded all, it could be. But in this case, the fire of God was instilled through a conversation with the Son of God into a woman that did not know the Son of God, and he lit within her the spirit of revival. How do I know that? The Bible says, can this be the Christ? Can this be the anointed one? Can this be the Messiah? Okay, here it is right here. The telltale characteristics. When the fire of God hits mankind, revival is certain. So the people left the city and were coming to Jesus. Even that we have to go and back away from and say, they left everything that was familiar to them. They left their old Jewish customs. They left their old pagan customs. There was something that was on the line right now that got them so excited. It's called revival. And revival is coming to this country again because God has not forgotten us. God has never abandoned us. We have stepped away from the plate momentarily. 
But those that have the Spirit of God are infilled by the Spirit of God have never left his presence. And now they're praying for a country to be affected, to be drenched, to be swamped, embraced by the Spirit of God again through revival. It's an invitation that the woman at the well said, come. It's an invitation to all to hear the word of God, to be strengthened by the word of God, to be changed by the word of God, to come together because of the word of God, not divided. And to close, there's there's a uh, one scripture, uh, Paul is talking, and he had just referenced uh, the household of Cleo, I believe Apollos, and and he said in the scripture there was just some words that just popped up. And while there, while this is still in the body of Christ, there could never be a revival because they spell out disunity. And they spell out denominationalism, which is disunity, especially if the word of God is what we're, we're all supposed to be about. But he said, to the point of contention. There's a contention among the people. They were, they were all believers of, of, of the risen Christ. They, all, they were all, some of them were there. They, 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 that wasn't it. But they were saying certain things, uh, following certain people. They were using the word for their own benefit. There can be no fire of God. Not, not, not yet. There, there cannot not be contention. There cannot be division. There needs to be unity. And there needs to be the love of Christ for our brothers and our sisters. So when we come together for a woman's ministry, we're not bad-mouthing our husbands. When we come together for a men's ministry, we're not bad-mouthing our wives. It's about unity and seeing something that we haven't normally seen. And we don't normally broach the subject. It's the fire of God the precursor to the, one of the biggest revivals man, the world, has ever seen. And you are going to be a part of it.